Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, Sunday, July 28th. Thank you guys for tuning in and joining us tonight. We are happy to have you guys tuned in. Um, If you have a question or comment or some news that you would like to share with us, please give us a call tonight at 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. I'm going to turn it over to Denise so she can say hello. And then we'll get this party started. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. And once again, uh, welcome to the show. And thank you guys uh, for joining us. Um, as we approach our 10th year on the show, we just want to continue to say thank you, thank you, and thank you for uh, continuing to hang in there with us uh, each and every Sunday. Uh, it's so funny because when we first started this show, we were only doing, I think, um, I think we were doing a show every other Sunday, so only like twice a month. And uh, we were encouraged by our publicists at the time to do the show once a week. And so we started doing the show once a week. And, I mean, that's been, gosh, wow, probably, I don't know, like maybe seven years, eight years now? I'm not sure exactly how long it's been since we've been been doing, uh, you know, once once a week. But, it's it's been a long road, and we just again thank you guys yeah. for continuing to to hang in there with us. Um, and sometimes we take a break in between, and you know have a day, have a night off or a holiday, or if we're traveling, things like that. But 
thank you for hanging in there with us. And don't forget always, if there's a Sunday that we're not on, please don't forget to check out our archive shows. Um, go back and check out, well, there's over 400, maybe over 450 shows out there. So go out and check those shows out whenever we're not on, on any particular Sunday. We appreciate you guys for even continuing to do that. And we want to give a special shout out for those of you who listened to our show this past week. Um, I know we weren't on last Sunday, but thank you for listening to, uh, to the archive shows. And um, for the previous week, for those of you who tuned in live and checked out the archive shows as well, we want to thank you guys. We've got listeners from all over the world, and we're um, shouting out those listeners here in the U.S. We thank you. And for those listeners uh, in South Africa, in Nigeria, uh, Ghana, Uganda, uh, we thank you guys. For those all the way in Morocco, we thank you. Um, for those in Brazil, Australia, China, uh, just all over the world. I mean, my God, I can keep going on and on from where our uh, talking about where our. Did we lose her? I think we may have lost her. I don't know if she has us on mute or what happened. Yeah, her call dropped. So why don't we just take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. Beauty Talk Radio, hosted by your favorite twin celebrity makeup artist, Denise and Denise Tunnell, is celebrating 10 years, and we simply want to say thank you to all of our guests, our sponsors, and supporters who have taken the journey with us. Because of your support, we've been able to bring you conversations, beauty and skincare tips from the industry's finest, and so many more. Sam Fine, Australian makeup artist Ray Morris, James Vincent, V. Neal, Nigeria's own Lola Maja, Kevin James Bennett, Rocky Cosetti, Marietta Carter Narcisse, Tim Bukharin, Mickey Taylor, formerly of Essence Magazine, AJ Crimson, Michael Develis. Suzanne Patterson, Larry Sims, Denisa Myricks, Melissa Street, Michael Key of Makeup Artist Magazine, Camille Friend Rochard, Naja Riquette, Bernadette Thompson, and so many more. We're celebrating 10 years, and we're so excited about what's to come for Beauty Talk Radio. Millions listen live and via iTunes downloads from around the world. So we have to say thank you to our listeners in the U.S., of course, the U.K., Australia, Ghana, Russia, South Africa, Uganda. Uganda, Brazil, South Korea, Ireland, Canada, Sweden, the Bahamas, and so many other parts of the world. Are you following us on social media? We're on Instagram at beauty underscore talk underscore media. We're also on Twitter at beauty underscore talk. And we can't forget about Facebook, beauty talk online. We're celebrating 10 years. We're excited about where we're going, and we know you are too. How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about FriendsBeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At Friends Beauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skincare, wigs and extensions, 
styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our friends discount program and shop with us today at friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com friendsbeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818-691-1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today. All right. We are back. and Let me get Denise back on the line here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Before your call dropped, you were just thanking everyone from around the world for tuning in. So, again, let me just say thank you guys for tuning in for the past 10 years. We greatly appreciate your continued support. Um, so many things to talk about in the news. Um, and I'm going to start off with some information from PBA. Um the PBA is presenting and hosting a California Compliance Symposium. It's an in-depth look at salon labor and wage law. Now, that's very interesting. Um, it will be held August 19th this year, 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., so that's pretty much all day. Um, again, it's 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., hosted by Cody, Inc., it's going to be held in Calabasas, California. Um, you can now register for this event. Um, during this one-day comprehensive conference, they will take an in-depth look at the following critical topics and issues. Legal forms of compensation in an employee-based establishment. How to create a, a compliant booth rental establishment. The difference between hourly, piece rate, which is AB1513, and commission, which is SB490, forms of pay. The ABC test resulting from the Dynamics case, employee classification, state payroll taxes, and the Assembly Bill 5 and the, poten the potential impact that legislation will have on the salon industry. Now, this um, event, which is being held at the Cody headquarters in beautiful Calabasas, California, again, We'll discuss wage and compliance issues in California salons and spots. So just wanted to make sure you guys um, were clear on that. This is um, legislation in California. So it's going to be, you're going to be discussing wage and compliance issues in California salons and spas. So if you work in a California salon and spa, if you own and manage a California salon and spa, this is the symposium for you. There will be um, leading industry experts will review critical information to help you more effectively run your salon business, saving you time, energy, and money to reinvest back into your business. Um, <clears throat> let me just go over the agenda really quickly so you guys will have an idea of what's what. Um, let's see. So some of the – basically, you know, they have your basic check-in and that kind of thing and a welcome but starting at 9 a.m., um, Mike Belote, who is the president, uh, president of California Advocates, a California lobbyist for PBA, 
He'll be there speaking on AB5. And then Daniel J. Muller, who's the partner, Ventura, Hershey, and Muller, LLP, California Attorney for PBA Establishment Compliance, will be talking about compensation compliance. And then speaking on employee classification will be Alina Mazrakin, and they're the California Employment Development Department, and she's a payroll tax specialist. Then you will have, and all of these are not going on at the same time. They are, looks like maybe about half an hour apart from each other. Some of them 45 minutes apart. Um, so around 11.15, there will be salon talk, salon, I'm sorry, salon tax compliance. And heading up that discussion will be Don Harris from the IRS. She's um, an IRS area director over audits. There will be a lunch period, and lunch will be provided. And then at 1230, speaking on establishment compliance will be Christy Underwood, who is the executive director of the California Board of Barbering and Cosmetology and Licensing. Okay. Joseph Bissa, um, who is the salon advocate for PBA members, um, business owner advocacy, will be talking about salon transitions. At 1.50, there will be a Q&A, and all the participants who spoke earlier will um, participate in that. And then at 3.50, and I guess that, that Q&A will last for like two hours, and then at 3.50, it's the conclusion, and your PBA executive director, um, Steve Sleeper, will, will speak. So there is a cost, okay? And for PBA members, if you're a PBA member, the cost is $299. And for uh, those who are not PBA members, you pay $100 more, $399. And again, a light um, breakfast and lunch are provided. If you happen to need hotel information, you're traveling from out of town. There are several nearby hotel options, and they recommend the Anza Calabasas Hotel, the Hilton Garden Inn in Calabasas, and then the Warner Center Marriott in Woodland Hills. Okay? They said the closest airports include um, Bob Hope Airport, which is B-U-R, and then LAX. Parking will be limited, so if you can carpool, or use some kind of alternate transportation, if possible, that would work out perfectly. Again, this event is presented by PBA, and it's hosted by Cody, Inc. of Calabasas, California. August 19th, 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Also... <clears throat> Just wanted to talk a little bit about, um, I had no idea until my sister told me about this, but um, I want to talk a little bit about Makeup Artist Magazine and how they're going to take, I guess, it's, I guess they're taking a little break of some sort. Um, I don't even think they're... Yes. Yes. They, yeah, um, they're taking... Basically, what's what's happened is, I'm assuming, you know, the the cost of uh, printing magazines, of course, we all know it's up, 
And then, you know, the cost of, you know, more people are not subscribing, I think, to print magazines here lately. One reason, I think, for some people, at least I know for me, storage is always an issue of where do you put the magazines. And if you're um, a fan of Makeup Artist Magazine like I am, you probably have every issue available. And so it gets to the point where people can't um, necessarily store all this paper. Um, and it's and so, you know, some people don't see the benefit anymore of, I think, collecting magazines when they have the option of going online and being able to see it online from their tablets or what have you. Um, it's a better option for them. So he's uh, currently he's released um, all of his magazine employees, and he's currently looking for um, optional ways of bringing the print issue back. I think currently it will still be online. You can, you know, get it from, view it from your tablet and your uh, your laptop. But I think he's looking for um, some options and maybe having some freelancers um, instead of having a staff, maybe possibly having freelancers contribute um, to the production of the magazine. And he's thinking of, of trying to bring it back um, this fall. And when I say he, I'm meaning uh, Michael Key. He's the creator of... IMATS, the International Makeup Artist Trade Show, as well as the publisher of Makeup Artist Magazine. I know when you first mentioned it to me, I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to get rid of the magazine? And it's like, you know, a magazine that pretty much I started my career with. I first was introduced to this magazine when I was in makeup school. And my instructor, <clears throat> actually she talked about the magazine as well as the trade show. That's how I, you know, learned about it. And um, she, my, Colleen is her name. I can't remember her last name off the top of my head, but Colleen talked about the magazine. She actually brought the magazine in, passed it around the room. And I remember, um, like, when it got to me, I just kind of, like, held on to it and was looking, looking, looking. And I even asked her, if it was okay for me to take the magazine and bring it back. And so she allowed me to do that, and I um, photocopied the information to, you know, how you have the little card to get a subscription. I, you know, made copies of that and brought it back right. to her. But and from that day, that's when I started subscribing to the magazine. It has been a blessing to my career, and <clears throat> I just hope that they can figure out something because <laughs> I would really appreciate the magazine actually in its physical form. And um, I was doing the online thing for a while and that's cool, but I actually love to actually have the actual physical magazine in my hands. I hope they can figure out something um, to do with that and to be able to keep that. Yeah. But I hope so you know, too. It's been it a seems like, it seems like a, it seems like a lot of the veterans, in the industry are like really pushing for a print magazine. Like, you know, even like I know on Facebook, when he mentioned it on Facebook about the magazine, what was going on with it. And uh, some, some veteran artists, you know, made comments and, you know, they're like, they don't want to look at, you know, they don't want to go online and look at the magazine. They, they want the physical, <laughs> like they'd be interested with when he gets the physical magazine back, you know, uh, pump, when he gets back to publishing that. So it's like, you know, 
and most a lot of veterans have been contributors to the magazine. Like you know, their work is in the magazine. Um, you know, we have uh, there have been articles written about us in this magazine. You know, we've had our products in the magazine. So I would really hate um, if the magazine did not come back. And some, but the thing is, I'm really pushing for. Um, the print version, because it's like you said, it, it has been a blessing to my career. It's um, very informative. Um, and to me, I think it's easier to share uh, things from the magazine when it's, when it's in its print um, state, you know, and I, I don't know, just for me personally, that's my preference. I want the paper in my hand. I'll find a way to store the magazine somewhere, <laughs> you know, if I have to have a whole mm-hmm. separate storage unit just for my magazines. I'll find a place to store the magazines, but we need to bring um, we need to bring that back. It is key and crucial to this beauty, um, to this makeup industry. It really is. It really is. I mean, I'll never forget there was an issue, um, and I'm not trying to make this all about Makeup Artist Magazine, this show, but I remember there was an issue about um, airbrush, you know, airbrushing, the actual physical act of airbrushing. Uh, makeup and the article was so thorough. I mean, I don't even remember how many pages um, this article was contained in, but it was so thorough and it, it talked about, um, you know, the different components of an airbrush, the types of guns, and you know the importance of the types of guns. Um, it, it just had everything you needed to know about airbrushing in this particular article, and I and I remember when I. When I received the magazine, I thought I'll never get rid of, first of all, I'll never get rid of any of my makeup artist magazines, but I'll never get rid of this issue because um, this article right here, it, it's, it almost, it, it should have been in a textbook, I felt like. And I felt like it, it's something that I'll go back to. It's something that people who want to learn airbrush, airbrushing um, can reference. But it's, it was definitely an article that, um, that stood out to me at that time and it still stands out to me now. So those are some of the memories and some of the things that make this magazine so important, I think, to this industry and that we have to really um, fight to, to, to help Michael Key keep it around. And, and, and if he does keep it around, we really have to, you know, push people to subscribe, I think. You know, you can, of course, you can go and you can buy it. Um, you can buy it in the uh, – in the bookstores, uh, Barnes and Nobles, I believe, but it's still it's so important to subscribe to this magazine to get that print copy. Yeah, so it remains to be seen how you know how that will go. Yeah. I just like to say a, a big congratulations to um, um, Debbie Young um, on her Emmy nomination. Who else? Lawrence Davis on his Emmy nomination. And actually, to all of those people out there who have been nominated for this year's Emmys in hair and makeup. Big congratulations to all of you. Yes, congratulations.
So were there any was it was there any makeup out there that you really really liked um, this year on any of the projects that you saw? <sighs> you know the the funny thing about it is it's so hard to even answer that question because you know we rarely get to see much TV from working. You know we work so many hours that you know by the time you get home you the, you know that's really not the first thing you want to do is watch um, <laughs> to watch um, uh, something on television. But uh, gosh. Uh, I'm trying to think what um, I know. I know Amazon, I believe Amazon had like, um, like 45, 47 nominations, I believe. Um, you know, I'm not a big Game of Thrones person, so I'm not, I'm not sure about the makeup uh, there, but their Game of Thrones, have, you know, a lot of big fans there. Um, Gosh, let's see if I can um if I can find really quickly um, more of the nominees. But I know I know for HBO and Debbie Young, you know, you have um it's a good period piece they did there with um oh God, what is that one called with uh, Mahershala Ali? I cannot remember the name of that show. I I'm always trying to remember. Every time I talk about it, I can't remember the um, the actual name of I, it. I actually saw a little bit of, bit of it one time. It's um, very beautifully done. Um, very beautifully done. Uh, with the with the it's, like I said again, it's a period piece. So. Um, I always love period pieces too because it, I, I just think that it's such beautiful details in period makeup because with period makeup also comes period hair, not meaning like the hair on their heads, but just like the facial hair. So it's always mm-hmm. um, it's always nice to see period pieces and and because I think it, it, the facial hair plays just as big of a role in a period piece as does you know, a lipstick color or, you know what I'm saying, or, you know, the brow shape. Right. Okay. Well, I do know um, some of the nominees, um, like you you mentioned Game of Thrones, then there's American Horror Story. These are um, makeup nominations for like a single camera series, non-prosthetic, so not even talking about prosthetics. And you had American Horror Story, Game of Thrones, Glow, Pose, um, the the marvelous Mrs. Meisel. Hope I said that right. Um, that's they're all in one category. Um, so I don't know who. <laughs> I don't know who the winners are going to be, but we will see um, some other makeup <clears throat> categories. Hairstyling for a limited series or movie. And there, um, Deadwood, Chernobyl, um, Bossy Vernon, Sharp Objects, The Detective. 
And actually, this is the movie, I mean, not the movie, but this is the, the show that you're talking about, True Detective. True Detective, yes. Um, yes, True Detective. And so the department head was uh, Brian Beatty, mm-hmm. Andrea, Mona, Andrea Mona Bowman, she's key. And then Lawrence mm-hmm. Davis, Lawrence was, was a personal. Yes. Um, yes. So Lawrence, so when I mentioned Debbie Young, Debbie Young was also a personal on that um, on that show. John Blake, uh, the department head for that, for me. Yes. Okay. Um, who else do we have here? We have several others. I'm not. I don't want to go through all of them because we would be all night, but. <laughs> Um, let me see if what, what's going on with prosthetics. So prosthetic makeup for a series, single camera. I'm sorry, not single camera, but limited series makeup or special. And that is outstanding prosthetic makeup for a series, limited series, movie or special, American Horror Story, Apocalypse. Shana Ball. Okay, I, so I read those already. I'm sorry. No, I did not. You know what? They both fall in the same categories. A lot of these um, projects were nominated twice, one for outstanding prosthetics and one for non-prosthetics. I thought it was funny or strange that um, Game of Thrones was in the non-prosthetic category, but they're in both prosthetic and non-prosthetic. Um, so a lot of these are repeat nominees in the prosthetic and non-prosthetic categories. But new to um, this one is Star Trek Discovery. And Glenn Hetrick. You remember Glenn Hetrick from Face Off? Yes. Glenn Hetrick yes. um, is the makeup department head for Star Trek Discovery. Well, he's special makeup effects department head. James McKinnon is also special makeup effects department head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had a, several special makeup effects artists that worked on it, Hugo Lassanor, Rocky Faulkner, Chris Bridges, and Nicola Bendry. And then prosthetic, two prosthetic designers, Michael Bryant and Neville Page. You remember Neville Page. Um, it's interesting, yeah. you know, when I'm looking at the prosthetics teams and all the people that they're naming, you know, when it comes to, like, just regular makeup on a show, <coughs> you don't get half of the people, <laughs> you know what I mean, named like this. Mm-hmm. You might have department head, mm-hmm. key, you may have one other artist, maybe, and then a, a, a person, if there was one. But when you look at the prosthetics, it takes several people, and you have two designers, um, you know, you know your department mm-hmm. head and several effects artists. It's it's a lot. It's uh, it's now that's definitely um, a team effort because sometimes when you're on these shows and you have more than one person um, in prospects, sometimes it takes one artist to one person or even two artists to one person um, daily. You know, like right. every day, type of thing. So. 
That's very interesting. Uh, all of those titles fall under two categories, non-prosthetic and prosthetic. So it's going to be interesting to see. I was really looking forward and hoping that our girl, Anita Gibson, was nominated for um, makeup for When They See Us because she, they went across several periods. Um, it was, I don't know how many years they went through in that in that movie, but um, she was several several periods. And it's always interesting. I'm, I always get excited about looking at the clothing because that helps also. Like if you're a makeup artist, hairstylist, especially if you're like an additional coming onto a show and you don't, um, you know, let's say you're working on the show. Some of them, some of these artists out here haven't even lived in some of these times, you know, time periods that you, you may be working with, the 40s, the 30s you know, what have you, some of them not even in the 60s or 70s. So, um, right. you know what I mean? So when you see the clothes, that 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 really puts you halfway there, you know, and then just doing the makeup and the hair, just, just it's amazing. I love working on period pieces just for that, just to be able to see um, everyone come together and create that look. Uh, let's see. Hairstyling for a multi-camera series or special. So I haven't really been uh, giving you guys the artist's name. I'm just doing the the name of the show. But Dancing with the Stars, and the particular episode is Halloween night. The department head hairstylist is Kimmy Messina. And a couple of the key hair, the key hairstylists is Gail Ryan, and a couple of the stylists working with them: Cheryl Eckert, Brittany Spaulding, Rhonda O'Neill, and Janie Clybard. Also in the race is RuPaul's Drag Race, and there's just one hairstylist there. Saturday Night Live, of course. Um, department head hairstylist is Jody Mancuso. The Voice. Department head, hairstylist, Gerilyn Stevens. World of Dance. Department head, hairstylist, Dean Banowitz. All right, World of Dance, The Voice, Saturday Night Live, RuPaul's Drag Race, and Dancing with the Stars. Those are the nominees for Outstanding Hairstyling for a Multi-Camera Series or Special. I want to see who's in that same category for makeup. Um, I wanted to see if Dancing with the Stars made it. Dancing with, uh, yeah, Dancing with the Stars is nominated again. Our girl, Zena Chazelle, she's department head makeup artist. Angela Mook, key makeup artist. I remember meeting her. She's really nice. And then they have a couple, they have about four additional makeup artists that work with them. Also in the race is Rent. Oh, wow. 
I don't remember Rent, but um, Zena Chazelle is nominated for that as well. She's the department head makeup artist for that as well, Rent. Comes on the Fox oh, Network. Nice. Mm-hmm. Angela, it was her key. And then some more re- repeat players on from the first team, Donna Bard and Julie. They all were on that first team, and then they had a couple additional people that were different. So there's a couple double nominees there. Then, so that gives them an extra chance at winning. <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race um, is in the running. Saturday Night Live. Of course. Louis department head makeup artist. Yes, they're always in the running. So you think you can dance? Tanya Green is the department head makeup artist. There's a lot of shows like that. <laughs> the Voice, mm-hmm. um, department head makeup artist Darcy Gilmore. So a lot of the, you know, like dancing or singing uh, competition shows. Um, always wind up you know, in in the nomination box. You know, it, and you just talked about the period movies. When you see period pieces and performance, I call them performance shows, those are what you normally will see in the running when it comes to um, winning, you know, running um, for Emmy nominations. Very rarely do you see straight makeup. Very rarely, you know, it's it's either right. something with prosthetics, you know, something with prosthetics, um, period, something with period or aging, some kind of effect, or, some, or yeah, or some other type of creative makeup, like some type of fantasy or something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So look out for those artists at the Emmys this year. Double congratulations to Zena. Zena is the owner of Z Palette. So um, she's up for another Emmy again. Nice. Mhm. So I'm trying to think, Zena. She's been nominated for Dancing with the Stars since 2007. And each year after that. She was a winner in 2008. She was a winner in 2012. Uh, let's see. And that's it. So 2008 and 2012. So she has 15 nominations and two wins. Wow. Yes. Yes. So that's good. Yep. 
What about Erin Kruger McKesh? Is she nominated this year? Um, I had I didn't see I didn't see her name. I didn't see her name. Um, she could have been. I was I was more so um, reading titles of the shows instead of because you know the list of artists is so long. I was just reading yeah. the titles of the show, but um, just like skimming over some of the shows, I could you know see the names, but I didn't see her name. Gotcha. So I'm not sure. Well, that's all I have for the Emmys. But the Emmys will air live on Fox on Sunday, September 22nd. Again, that's Sunday, September 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you guys are interested in who's going to win for hair and makeup, make sure you tune in. Tune in to Fox on Sunday, September 22nd. I I have something um, just really quickly, and I don't want to take up too much time with it because uh, sometimes I just think it's just nonsense. Um, uh, K.J. Bennett, for those of you who know K.J. Bennett, um, you know, he was on Facebook a lot, and now he's turned to Instagram. Um, I'll just read you um, his bio on Instagram, Emmy Award winner, cosmetic developer, makeup artist, educator, journalist, consumer advocate, serving nutritious cosmetic facts. Okay. Um, So a lot of people know KJ to be a big talker. He talks a lot. He yells a lot on Instagram. well, well, more so Facebook. Now he's on Instagram. Um, you know, you can you can say what you want about his post or whatever. You can, you know, you can agree with them. You can disagree with them. So many people like to agree with him. Um, I'm looking at this post that I'm about to read now, and I see some people commenting on it, and and. And I'm looking at these people, and I know, and I'm saying to myself, "You're commenting on his page, but I know you to use these things." And I mean, you'll know what I'm talking about once I read his post. Okay. Anyway, he has a photo posted of um, a regular latex or non-latex uh, white sponge, the triangular sponges, and he has the words "yes" pointing to that sponge, and then he has. Uh, beauty blenders and all the dupes of, of the beauty blender, and he has the words no. He has the word no pointing towards those, and basically he's saying for professional use. And he goes on to say, in this indisputable fact, okay. So basically, no matter what you say, it's not going to be right. Indisputable, okay. Indisputable fact. He says, you cannot sanitize and reuse novelty sponges for work. Beauty blenders or dupes are for personal use or as a dedicated sponge for a regular client. All other pro makeup applications require a disposable sponge to ensure safety slash hygiene and avoid liability. 
If you'd like to debate the validity of this statement, consider yourself misinformed on proper sanitation and hygiene practices for beauty professionals. So save your breath, is what he says. If you'd like to discuss your favorite disposable sponges for professional use, be my guest. My favorite is at Al Cone's Deluxe Non-Latex Sponges, um, which he has, I guess, pictures above. He goes on to use the hashtags Facts Matter, Makeup, Makeup Artist, Cosmetic Developer, Beauty Expert, Makeup Education, Makeup Addict, Insta Makeup, and In My Kit. Now, the one thing, one hashtag I did not see him list here, as well as the one uh, profession I did not see him list in his bio, was esthetician. Okay, so me being a licensed esthetician, I'm going to say a couple of things about this indisputable, as he calls it, fact, um, which it is very much disputable. Um, as a matter of fact, he says you cannot sanitize and reuse novelty sponges for work. That's a matter of his opinion. Um, he's saying that beauty blenders are for personal use. Well, as a professional, how does he know that some professional makeup artists aren't using one beauty blender per client? For example, with us on film and TV, you, there's no reason why you can't use one beauty blender per actor. I carry, the, I have those little, um, the little sponge cases now that Beauty Blender makes and Sephora makes and a whole bunch of other uh, people make them now that you can put your blender sponges in. Each actor gets a Beauty Blender and each actor gets a case. When I clean that beauty blender, it goes back to that certain case for that certain actor, okay? That's one way. As a licensed esthetician, before you can renew your license, you have to uh, get continuing education on sanitation and sterilization. Um, you know, you have to, you know, kind of re-up on your education on those, in those areas before you can renew your license. So you have to have a certain amount of credit hours before you can renew your license. There are ways to sanitize a beauty blender. I'm licensed here in the state of Georgia. The state of Georgia says in order to, to sanitize something, 70% alcohol is considered enough for sanitation. That's in the state of Georgia. I'm not sure what it is anywhere else. But 70% alcohol. On film and TV projects, normally we use 99% alcohol because it, it dries faster. So if we're cleaning our brushes or if we're cleaning our sponges, and for some reason if we dip our sponge in 99% alcohol, it, it's going you know, to dry a lot, a lot quicker than using 70%. So sometimes we may even use like a 90% alcohol. There's no reason why you can't, um, sanitize a beauty blender. Most beauty professionals, especially in hair salons and, and, and most estheticians will have um, an oven where you can sterilize your implements. 
there's no reason why a blender can't be sterilized. There's no reason why it can't be sanitized. So I would argue the point, if you can't sanitize a beauty blender, can you sanitize your makeup brushes that you're going to use on different clients every time you pick them up? Because you're not going to have uh, a set of brushes for every particular client that you do, unless you're a makeup artist that doesn't work often. You're not going to have different brushes for every particular client. If I'm on a film and television set, that's a lot of money spent on makeup brushes if I'm going to have a set of makeup brushes for every single actor. So if you can't sanitize the sponge, can you sanitize the brush? So before you say something is an indisputable fact, I guess you would need to do your research. And some of the people commenting on this post, I know some of them, and they're like praising his post. And yeah, and I know some of these people are praising his post and making these comments. And they actually use beauty blenders or other blender sponges. And I know they're not using one for each client that they do. I know they're not. You know, again, like I said, I agree with you when you said, talk about the esthetician not being mentioned. And... You know, to be honest with you, it's all a matter of opinion. But um, I, I, I have to disagree with him. I'm looking. I'm and, looking at a. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying I have to disagree with him um, on that issue. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I don't know where the start of this whole conversation came from, but I, I totally, I think I would have to disagree. I'm looking at uh, one of the comments. Someone says, um, interesting, and yet I've seen big makeup artists use beauty blenders on set, and I've even seen stories with them showing how they clean them between clients. Well, you know, mm-hmm. it was a big makeup artist who, who invented the beauty blender, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, Anyway, um, so somebody responded to that saying, um, well, no, somebody responded to someone who responded to her saying, bacteria bacteria transferring from client to client, mold growing, which is a risk for any beauty sponge, whether it's being used on multiple people or not. A client could have open active acne or cold sores while, while doing their makeup and then use the same sponge on someone else. It is just all around unhygienic. Also, who knows if your client has has a compromised immune system. Introducing bacteria and maybe even viruses to their system could be very, very risky. Let me just say to that, um, she says mold growing. So if your sponge has mold growing on it, that would mean that that sponge would have to be sitting around wet and very wet for uh, some significant um, amount of time. 
I don't know anybody who has a wet sponge like that. Um, I, I mm-hmm. just don't know. Um, then it goes on to say, um, hold on a second, I lost my. She goes on to say, uh, sorry. Oh, she goes on to say a client could have open active acne or cold sores while you're doing their makeup. Well, first of all, anybody with open active acne or cold sores, more than likely you're going to be using mostly disposable um, tools on them, something that you can easily just throw away. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't use a mm-hmm. you wouldn't use a blend a beauty blender that you want to um, reuse. If you use a beauty blender on them, more than likely you're going to throw that away. Anybody in their right mind would throw that away and not try to reuse that on anyone else, whether you sanitize it or not. Or you're going to just you know use it on them and give it to them, clean it and give it to them. Um, cold sores. Again, you're not using your – I don't know anybody who's using their beauty blenders on somebody with a cold sore. Again, you want to use as much disposable as you possibly can on somebody like that with skin like that. And more than likely, you probably really don't want to be putting makeup on them. Um, start compromising um, someone's immune system. I mean, some of this stuff these people are commenting on, doesn't make sense because you're talking about bacteria and, and, and viruses, introducing bacteria and viruses to their system. I go back to my question about the makeup brushes. How are you sanitizing your makeup brushes? Because I'm not, I'm not seeing um, – I don't really see anyone putting their makeup brushes in, in, in the little ovens to sterilize them. I don't see anybody doing that. So how how is how are your makeup brushes any different than the beauty blenders? I don't think um, I don't think that they are. I think people are um, making a big deal. Um, I'm not saying it's something that you shouldn't discuss and you shouldn't talk about it. I I would much rather talk about how to keep your tools sanitized. Not just sanitized, but sterilized. So I would like to see more discussions on how to keep your tools sanitized than sitting here um, claiming that your beauty blenders or the beauty blender dupes are no are no good. That you can only use them on. Um, well, he didn't say they're no good, but but you know, for professional use, they're you you just shouldn't use them. I don't agree with that. Um, you know, they should be for personal use. Well, who's to say they're not for personal use as a professional? As a professional, you can use a beauty blender for professional use. You can use one per client. There are people out here who freelance and they're just maybe doing a wedding and they're using, maybe they have a bride and, and five bridesmaids. Maybe they have six beauty blenders and they're using one for each person. Who's to say that's not happening professionally? Right. Anyway, just, you know, when we see things on social media, you have to research for yourself. You have to be educated about these things yourself. One person is not the authority on um, education. 
One person is not the authority on product and product knowledge. Um, just because somebody's a cosmetic developer or an educator or an Emmy Award winner, it doesn't make them the authority. Nothing against KJ. I love KJ. Nothing against KJ, but some things, you know, some things aren't disputable. Some things, you know, I can't agree with KJ on some certain things, you know, and that's one of them. You know, so my, whole issue with all of it, my whole issue with all of it, and then we have to wrap up, but my whole issue with all of it is that, you know, like, again, I said, it's all about your opinion and what you think, and it's fine. But I hate to see when people start attacking people for their opinions, you know, whether you like it or not, whether it's right or wrong, it's their opinion. And if they're posting their opinion on their page, um, they have a right to say whatever they want. And I'm referring to not, not the beauty blender makeup or, or the blender dupes, not that situation, but it was another situation about um, an influencer, I believe, who has a pro, who has a cosmetics line, and KJ made a comment recently, and I was reading all the comments that followed his comment, and I was like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. You know, basically people attacking him for his comments, and but all because they are they're big fans of the influencer, you know. Never mind, you know what he said may have been the truth or not. But you know they were. I just hate to see that back and forth. You know what I mean? I just feel like if we're going to have dialogue, you know, we should be talking about the issues. And if you're going to be going back and forth, it shouldn't really be about. To me, in my opinion, it really shouldn't be about you know, your thoughts on some other makeup person. I just feel like we spend too much time on social media with nonsense instead of trying to come up with solutions to real issues and real problems that's concerning the beauty industry. So just wanted to put that out there um, because I just noticed it's just not healthy conversation sometimes. Um, and, And he has, Kevin has a right to say whatever he wants to say when it's on his page, you know, right. so, you know, I just say, let's, right. let's try to have more healthy, healthy, engaging beauty conversations. And that's what we try to do here on this show. But with that being said, our time has been long gone. So uh, we thank you guys for your continued support and continue to check us out each and every Sunday night. Follow us on Facebook. We are Beauty Talk Online. On Instagram, we are beauty underscore talk underscore media. And on Twitter, we are beauty underscore talk. You can follow my sister and I, Denise, on our individual uh, in, uh, social media um, pages. And my sister Denise is at Denise Tunnell, that's T-U-N-N-E-L-L, on all social media outlets. And I am at Janice Tunnell, that's J-A-N-I-C-E-T-U-N-N-E-L-L, um, on all social media outlets. Thank you guys so much for your continued support. Thank you for tuning in tonight, and have a wonderful evening. Have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night.